Lene, and this is live from 1985, the podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing how to maintain a marriage and also Van Jones and the things he's been talking about in the media in regards to co-parenting. And this episode's altar call is going to be for all our co-parenting relationships. It's going to be for marriages that may need a little bit of maintenance and those who need just a little bit of advice of advice in relationships. The first thing I want to ask today is, what made you want to marry your husband? So, after we had been dating for a while, and uh, we started getting serious, uh, we had already moved in and everything. Um, we had moved in with each other. Um, there was a point where we had been through a lot. We had been through like the roller coaster ride of a relationship. Uh, we had been together at that point for, let's see, we got married in 2016. We met in 2010. Sorry, so it, was, it had been about five years, um, which is a while. <laughs> so I guess some of it was time, some of it was because we had been through so much. And at that point, I thought to myself, I, we've been through so much that I, I like, it's like, I wanted to keep going, you know, like I can keep going through whatever, whatever came our way. I felt like we can make it through. Like, I felt like we were getting over hurdles. We were getting through obstacles. So at that point, I'm like, this is somebody I could marry because we had been through so much and we had made it through and we were still together and we were still pushing to be together. So at and I'm the one who proposed to my husband. I, I do want to say that. I, I proposed to my husband. I asked him to marry me um, because he he wanted a long-term relationship, but he he didn't want, he was married before me. He um he didn't want to get married again. So I I did ask my husband to marry me. But yeah, it was there was a point where I was like, you know what? I can see myself living forever with this person and whatever came our way. I think we would work together to get through it. So what about you? Well, okay. So why did I want to marry my husband? Honestly, because he was just like, he was a marryable guy. I don't know if that makes sense, but like <laughs> a lot of guys that I had dated in my past, it was kind of like, I don't know if you've ever been with someone where you can kind of know, like, this is only going to go so far. And then mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of in the midst of leaving, but you're kind of still there. So I had had those type of relationships. When I, when I met him, number one, he was serious about being in a relationship. I had just got out of a relationship, but it was a very short relationship and it ended badly. So, you know, I didn't even know if I was ready for a relationship at that time, but we ended up, you know, hanging out a lot, talking a lot, really getting to know each other. He was just different than any guy I had met. He was from South Carolina, which was, you know, he was very country, but very mannerable. He loved his mom, his parents, respected them. They were still together, which was big for me because I come from a family of people really not being married. And, you know, he comes from like a long line of people being married. He knows a lot of his family. He was very respectful. He just was different. He was a real man you know and not mm. only that but like a gentleman like very sweet very just everything that you would meet a guy and be like oh okay he was raised good you know so mm. I just felt like okay I'm gonna give this guy a chance you know and then I kind of dated him and then stopped dating him because uh I really was not over what I had just went through you know even though it was mm. a short relationship it ended so badly I wasn't really ready to be in something but uh, came back around and we ended up getting together. We got serious. We moved in together like pretty quickly. And, you know, it just worked. I don't know what it was. It did take a lot of work in the beginning. You know, we both had things we had to make it through. But I chose to marry him because he's never changed up. He's solid as hell. He has morals. He's smart. You know, he teaches me things and 
he just loves me in a way in which like he might not say it and but it's there you know and yeah. it's it's my my mom loved him my my dad likes him my whole family really loves him gets along with him very good and he accepts me and I feel like I'm kind of a lot to deal with <laughs> and you know he that's has no good. problem dealing with it so yeah. you know that's what made me want to marry him it's just like he was like a once in a lifetime type of dude where it's just like you don't really meet dudes like him so yeah it just felt right that's that's good that's good you got me wanting to go back and then add <laughs> extra to mine because that you know one thing that you said that I, I have to agree with with my husband um because we were very different, um, we were, were we're not. I wouldn't say opposites, but we just were, were different. But he definitely the one thing that stood out is he accepted me for who I was. He's always accepted me for who I was, and anytime um, I would show some type of like I have a, at, at the time I was pretty assertive. He would guide me in a way that he would say, he, you know, this is somebody or the way you're acting is like this and, you know, look at it this way and maybe you can do this, you know? So he was, he's always pushing me forward to be better for me. You know, it's never um, be better. You know, he doesn't want me to be better for him. He wants me to be better for me. So in that way, it ends up being better for him. So um, I like that you said that. And I, and I, I wanted to mention that he was, he's definitely always accepted me for who I am. And he's very intelligent, which I was extremely attracted to intelligence. Absolutely. Um, he's very, very intelligent. And I mean, beyond sometimes what I can really imagine. I mean, he can, he reads a book in a day. He'll get a book. It'll come in from Amazon. He'll read and be like, all right, I'm done with that. I got to get another one, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah. I, and oh, and he's great with kids. He is phenomenal with kids. Uh, I saw him with his nieces and nephews, his nieces and nephews, and he has, you know, uh, children before we got married, and he was always very, very good with his kids, so that was uh, another thing. Um, and yeah, we had, after a while, after we had been through so much stuff, and we're living together, I was like, this is, this is it. Like, this is, like, I literally saw the rest of my life, like, this is it. No matter what happens, is going to be us. Like it's no longer me and you. It is. It is us. So, okay. So let me ask you this: How do y'all handle an argument? Who talk about growth? Um, we haven't really talked about how to handle an argument. It's kind of just evolved over the years. Before, um, I was a hothead. I was, a, I, I just, I would fly off the handle. I mean, I remember times I would just, so we would have an argument. We'd have a disagreement, which would turn into an argument and which would turn into me sort of yelling and screaming and what he would call boosting off at the mouth. <laughs> and uh, he was always very, um, He's, he's able to handle his emotions a lot better. Well, you know, most men are. He would just be quiet. You know, he would just sit there and let me rant and rave. And um, there were a few times that he would like, because I would go and go and go and go and go. And there would be a few times he would be like, okay, now it's time for you. To, like, he'd get there like, okay, it's time to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, it's so... Um, but over the years, what I really like about him is after the argument, when we would come back together, we were able to sit down and he would point out, you know, this is what you're doing and this is what's going on. You know, during the arguments, it's, it's never, I, I can speak for myself. I know I don't, I have a hard time listening, you know, in the midst of an argument, which most people do. So once we came back together and he would sit me down and explain, hey, this is what you're doing. And I can explain, explain to him, well, this is what you're doing. We kind of evolved, you know? And then one thing I love about him again is he would listen, you know, he would, he would listen. And I would hope, I think I'm doing the same. Like I've gotten a lot better with, we don't yell. We haven't yelled in a long time. I haven't done things like, uh, girl, 
I used to do stuff like kick the wall. I mean, I used to throw tantrums. I used to throw some Nicole. I would, I would, I would hit the wall, kick the I I really had it. Like looking back on it, it's kind of shameful. But I I mean I did. I, I own it. I accept it. I take accountability for it. I was really um extra. I was extra. And uh with time though, I've learned to he told me something. He said, you know, when we get into it, you need to take some time and humble yourself, you know? And I noticed that's what he does. He'll take some time. He'll, he'll just get quiet. He'll go somewhere, uh, you know, maybe meditate and, and think about what he's done or what just transpired. And I've learned to start doing the same thing to go and just think about what transpired. And one thing I love that he says is he tells me, is it more important for you to be mad at me than it is for us to work this out, you know? So I think about that, like, what am I really mad at? What, you know, what is me being mad going to change anything? So now, now our arguments are disagreements. They're really just disagreements. And it'll get to the point, it, every, every once in a while, it'll get to the point where, you know, we can get kind of heated, but it, it's, it's not, it's definitely not like it used to be. Like it's changed dramatically. So you know, just for the advice part to everyone, um, communication is, is key and staying mad is not going to solve it. You know, that's one thing my husband taught, taught me is being mad in the moment, like you're going to have that emotion, but don't hold on to it, you know, because staying mad is not going to fix it. It's not, it's all it's going to do is, you know, cause that resentment and, you know, more, more arguing. Um, so yeah, I, I've definitely grown. So what about you? What about you and your husband? How do y'all? <laughs> okay. So we don't argue a whole, whole lot. We honestly don't. And mm. mostly when we get mad at each other, it's like, we bicker a lot. Like we have <laughs> a lot of little disagreements just in the way in which we communicate. Like he communicates a little more non-verbally. Like if he's mad, he's not really going to say he's mad. He's going to act mad. You know, I'm mm. just supposed to know and guess what it's for and all of that, you know? And then when I'm mad, you know, I'm more on the emotional side. So I'm going to let you know, and I'm going to act away. And, you know, when I get over it, I'll let you know, you know, we're kind of like that. <laughs> so it's a lot, but when we argue for the most part, it doesn't go that far. Um, we usually make up, we might even go to sleep, like mad at each other, but you know, he'll still hold me if he wants to, you know, sometimes or whatever, but when we wake up, it's usually like, you want breakfast? He say, yeah, and it's over. You know, we're talking, everything's good. He don't stay mm -hmm. mad. I'm probably the one that stays mad a little bit longer because it depends on, you know, what we're arguing over, but I don't know. I'm quicker to say, I'm sorry though. He don't like to apologize. So hmm. sometimes I just got to eat it. We'll get to the end of a situation. It'll be over and he'll just be like, well, we're over it. And there'll be no yeah. apology. So sometimes I just... I honestly just pick my battles. I don't get mad about everything. And a lot of things that I do get mad at, instead of bringing it up or being mad at it, I just adapt to that. Like one time I asked him, hey, can you put the toilet seat down? He didn't want to do that. You know, he still leaves it up. So instead of just making it something and continuously nagging him about it, I just do it. When I see it up, I just put it down. I say wow. nothing about it. And it's not a big deal to me. I just realize, wow. like, you're not going to do that shit. I would like it to be done. <laughs> so I just take it on, you know? Wow. And I feel like that causes less arguments. So I really pick my battles. We have a lot of little disagreements because just he thinks one way, I think another way, you know, just how we are and what we think. And we might bicker. But as far as, like, really argue, we don't do a whole lot of that. Yeah. I, you know, I think that is so extremely mature of you, what you said. That's something that I didn't do and I didn't know that I had, that he had to teach me. So things like that, like leaving the toilet seat up, he would do that too. And I would get so upset because I would sit, you know, I just want to, at nighttime, I want to go in and I yes, sit on the toilet. Me too. Sit, <laughs> sitting on a cold, wet, <laughs> piss drippy toilet. And I would be furious. And he'd be like, why don't you just put it down? And that would infuriate me. Like, why don't you put it down? And after a while, you know, there's very mature of you to say, you know what, if he's not going to do it, then just do it myself. It's not a big deal to just do that one movement, you know, then sit down. And it's, it's funny 
because I met this um, young lady a while back and she was talking to me and she was saying how she used to get so upset at her mother because her mother would do so much stuff for her husband, for her father. Mm. Like he would leave his plate out. She would clean it up. She would ask him, but he would never do it. And she would just do it. She was like, I hate when she does that. And I started thinking about that. And I'm like, something my husband told me, he's like, it's just a choice. It's just yeah. an action. It's your own piece at stake. Why yes. am I going to create yes. a whole issue of this? Yes. Just because it's something that I want. I see that honest, uh, honestly, it's not on your mind. When yeah. you leave the bathroom, it's just literally not even Scott. a thought to you. Even though I've asked. It's not a thought because yeah. I know you're not intentionally like, yeah, I'm not going to do what she say. Yes. Or I, yes. I, I'm going to leave the toilet. Seat. I hope she fall in it. You're not thinking that, but it's literally something that he don't think about. So instead, since I want that, I just do it for myself. Do it. Yes. It's and no it's, big deal. And I don't yes. make a thing about it. I really try to not make a thing a thing. I really don't. Yeah. For the most part, I just want to be happy. I want to be able to come home, lay up under you and chill, you know, do what we're going to do. And keep all of that, you know, we, we really don't argue all that much, but when we yeah. do argue, we do get into it and it's crazy, but we don't have that many of those. Yeah, that's good. That's very, I hope, you know, that's a, a good, uh, the ladies to have that, that for you to have that naturally, Lene is, is awesome. Um, don't make something out of nothing. You know, if it takes you one extra step to do something like my husband does things, leave socks around, but he told me you do stuff too. Yeah. You leave stuff around too. You do this, you do that. And I just pick it up. I just pick up behind you because it's it takes not that much effort to do that extra little step, you know, to pick up your mess or to you leave something laying around. So that's some advice kind of in there, in that moment. Don't make something out of nothing. Take two minutes, you know, two extra minutes to put in that effort to do something for your husband, because I'm pretty sure he's doing something for you. Right. That you may not always enjoy. And you might not even know, girl, I have hair everywhere, makeup everywhere. He puts yeah. up with that, you know, so yeah. I'll put the toilet seat down. No big deal. But let yeah, me ask yeah. you this. What's the best way to build trust in the beginning or after trust has been broken and you're trying to rebuild? So in the beginning, it's just communication, I think. Um, open, honest communication. That's really the best way. It's, it's fairly simple. Building trust from scratch can be very simple. You just have to be, to me, transparent. Um, be open with your past. Be open with your traumas. And it, it doesn't have to be right away. I'm not saying as soon as you meet this person, um, you know, divulge everything that's ever happened in your life. But definitely, if you're starting to get to that point where you're in a relationship and you're thinking about marriage, you guys are talking about marriage, or maybe you have now, well, I think it should be before actually getting married, but um, building trust comes from being just, you know, open, honest, and transparent. And as long as you're doing that, I think you'll be able to build trust from there. Now, maintaining or rebuilding trust after it's been broken is extremely extremely difficult because we are wired as human beings as as animals mammals in the animal kingdom to not want to relive a painful situation and when your trust is broken it causes uh pain so i don't know i don't know this answer but i don't it's I wonder if trust can be, can go back to where it was in the beginning, you know, when you first met this person, when you first trusted them. Um, I, I think it can be. The only thing that'll happen is you may still have that pain. You'll always have that pain or the remembrance of that occurrence in the back of your mind, but you can still trust that person as you did. But the way to get there is, uh, Honestly, it's it's not the it, you have to take a leap of faith. You just you just have to take that leap. I mean, it's the same steps as the before, but now you know. Okay, before they have done this, so in your mind, it's going to be like they always have the ability to do this again because they've done it before. So at that point, it's just taking that leap of faith and saying, you know what, they've done this before but I'm still going to put my trust in them that they won't do it again. And 
saying, you know what, if they do do it again, find out why they did it in the first place. You know, find out what it was. Let's just say, for example, the biggest one, you know, let's put out there is infidelity. If your spouse has cheated on you, um, building that trust can be a difficult thing. So find out why, you know, find out why that they cheated, you know, so then you can try to prevent that together, not saying, you know, it was anybody's fault, but then you can work together to try to prevent that. Or maybe you'll see signs of it before. Um, but yeah, building it after trust has been broken is, is I think is a leap of faith is something that you just kind of have to step into that cold water and say, um, I believe you. And I, and I, I hope that this doesn't happen again. So with me, I feel like building trust when you're broken, the first thing you got to do is choose if you're going to stay or leave and make sure you're 100% about that choice. And if you are going to stay, you cannot drag a man through bringing that back up over and over and over again and hanging that over his head. You need to make sure that you are done with it. And then you need to forgive that man and let it go. If you yeah. can't do that, you need to leave, run for the hills, especially if we're talking about infidelity. But there's a lot of ways to, you know, uh, distrust someone or, or establish a distrust. You know, it could be you're stealing from me or you're lying to me or different things, you know, but right. any of those things, you have to really assess who you're dealing with, decide if you want to stay or leave, sit and be 100% in what you decide because you can't be going back and forth if you decide to stay and you can't mm -hmm. be going back and forth if you decide to leave because then you're putting yourself through agony. You got to yeah. really make a decision and then you got to stay. And if you're going to stay, you really have to put in the work. I agree with you when you said, figure out why this is happening and don't necessarily blame yourself. You know what I mean? And you might even yeah. need to bring yeah. in a third party. Don't be scared to at that moment, go to some type of therapy, especially if you're married, you know, cause when you're married, it's 10 times more. You have to make this work. It's kind of, you don't have an option, but if you're dating, right. that's when you really just need to decide if this is for you or not, but if you're going to forgive, you got to really forgive. You can't halfway no. do that shit. You got to be in or you got to be out. And that's just where I am with it. And then if you're in, get ready to rebuild that trust. And yeah, it might be in the back of your mind, but that's kind of something that you got to deal with internally. Because I feel like the more you keep bringing it up and showing that it, it, it's an insecurity, the more that relationship is just going to deteriorate. And so yeah. if, if you're going to stay, it just got to be 100%. You got to let that go. If it's in the back of your mind, you got to deal. You got to get that out of there because you got to rebuild that trust. But you got to also know who you're with and know if it's even worth it right. to go through that. And if it is for you, work it out. But, you know, it is going to be hard, but you, you got you to gotta do it 100%. Yeah. And a little tip for those, um, if you're rebuilding trust, you know, for whichever reason that um, the trust was broken. And I know it's because I've been through it, you know, um, a lot of with my previous relationships, a little bit with my husband, nothing super big, but, you know, we had our issues. But what I would do, because to keep that from whatever happened keep coming up to your mind and you kind of want to bring it up and remind them and go through all that, write it down on a sheet of paper, write it down on a sheet of paper. You have let it out. You know, it's good to let it out and it, it'll keep you from, like you said, hanging it over their head and bringing it up and making them feel bad and dragging them down. And don't you forget that you did this because that's just going to make, you know, like Lene said, it's going to make the relationship deteriorate, write it down on a piece of paper and then burn it. Yeah. Or, like you know, or what I would do is I would leave, I would literally talk into my phone. I would talk to myself. If you don't have anybody else to talk to, I like, I like talking to myself sometimes. No, it sounds crazy, but just try it. I would talk to myself on the phone, like leave a little on the recorder that I had. And I would just like, I was talking to someone else and then I would listen to it. And I would listen to what I was saying. A lot of people don't listen to what they say when they talk. 
and realize what they're saying. So after, and wait a couple of days, don't listen to it immediately because you're still going to be in that moment. Mm-hmm. Wait a couple of days, listen to it and you'll realize, damn, I'm really like, this is really upsetting me, but it'll help you release that. Because as long as you're getting it out, writing it down, burning it, recording it, listening to it, and then deleting it totally because you don't want your husband or um, significant other finding it. Um, But that also just helps it. It's sort of an energy release, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's a little tip for, for those who, and that's if you don't have a third party or a friend that you can talk to. You know, those are for those instances. But sometimes even if you do, because talking to yourself sometimes is the best, you know, because you can definitely believe in yourself and confide confide in yourself and you could be the most honest with yourself. You might not want to tell someone else that you know how hurt you are or whatever, you know, you never know. But what style of communication works best for you? Or do you think works best just in like relationships? Well, of course I'm going to say verbal, but men are not verbal. <laughs> Just point blank period. Most men, let me, let me retract that. Let me be more specific. Most men are just not verbal communicators. Um, most men communicate through nonverbal communication or, you know, just actions, uh, which is definitely like how my husband is. Just like you said with your husband, he'll kind of walk around being upset or acting a certain way and you're like mm-hmm. now I got to figure out what the what the hell you know and so <laughs> it's like uh um I I definitely prefer and I think women are more of the verbal communication like we're going to tell you what's on our mind we're going to tell you how we feel but I, I definitely have to learn I had to learn how to accept nonverbal and action-oriented communication um you have to I had to learn my husband I had to I can't force him to communicate in the way I want to communicate and I had to learn to show him nonverbal communication because he is always saying he's always saying to me well you did this so it means this and I'm like just because I did that doesn't this is what I said though he's like but what you said and what you did don't is not the same and he always comes up with actions speak a lot of the words and I'm like ah, well you're right you're right so I think that's why men are more nonverbal communicators because you know his another one of his big saying is I'm gonna show you better than I'm, I'll tell you so I think learning to be a nonverbal communicator and notice the nonverbal cues is important but also still be verbal and teach your husband to be verbal as well because that helps too even though they're non you know more non-verbal communicators it doesn't mean that you guys can work together like I tell my husband hey like he will tell me can you help me you know go through this paperwork and I'd be like yeah sure so days will go by and I don't forget and he'll be like I asked you you know two weeks ago and I'm like oh shit well I forgot how come you just didn't come tell me I told you like he (laughs) that one time is enough for him I told you one time (laughs) so I'm like babe you have to and he accepted that he was like okay so he does now I may get two or three but it's a it's a step you know (laughs) in the right direction but I do what I do try to I try to notice his nonverbal cues and when I notice he's kind of upset I'm like oh shit did he ask me to do something was I supposed so just kind of you know pay attention to that so what about you what's the best way or what do you think the best way of communicating is? so really honest communication you know okay. and I realized myself I'm a hold holder in her I hold everything <laughs> in so when mm. I do communicate it's like ah, you know it's not a little just hey you did this I didn't like it it's like you've done this 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 because I've been holding this in for like six months and now I'm giving you everything so Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really important to just get it out you know if you feel a certain way make sure you communicate it in the moment and it doesn't have to be you know it could just be like hey I didn't really like that you know with a smile and a hug and a kiss love you you know (laughs) that's what I had to realize because I felt every time I felt you know some type of way that it was going to come out 
And that's why I held back. So I'm like, I never want to disrespect my husband. I never want to be that emasculate him, go off on him in a way in which I feel is disrespectful. Like, I just never wanted to do that. So sometimes I hold it in because I feel like it will be that. And I had to mm -hmm. learn that, like, he can actually take honest truth. I can tell him, hey, I didn't like that, or hey, can you do this? And he'll just be like, okay, you know? So mm -hmm. I'm over here thinking I'm going to hurt his feelings, and really, it's, it ain't hurting his feelings. So I might as well right. just be honest, you know? So I feel like that's really important, just honest communication, like, and not holding back. Get it all out, especially it's your husband. You could say whatever you want to him at any time. That's your person. You got to get that out to your person, you know? So... That's my main mm -hmm. thing when it comes to the communication. Um, so let's talk about how we have fun with our husband. Ooh, so I, I feel like I start everyone with that. Because <laughs> we <laughs> our 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 marriage is definitely like it is, it's I I tell people it was like a it was like a piece of coal and like we're chipping away and, and the diamond is fine, it's it's shining through. Um when we first met, we would do like little fun things, like just silly things. Like I remember we would, you know, be in the car, we would play chicken, you know, get out, run around the car and switch, you know, drivers. Um, I, I like just being with him. So anything that we do together is fun to me. Um, we used to go to the game room a lot. Um, I mean, it's so, I don't know, it's just, as long as I'm with him, it's fun. Now, when we had kids, <laughs> because we used to go out, you know, go to friends' house, things like that. Um, he he got me into MMA. He had a friend that they would we go to like the, some little MMA parties and stuff like that. Um, we never went out like to clubs or anything like that. Um, I don't know. I just don't think that was his style I used to go to clubs but I, I don't think he was really into clubs so we never really did things like that um our thing is definitely nature so we do a lot of hiking a lot of camping fishing um anything that traveling anything where we're outside fishing is is our fun and when our kids came um is anything we do with our kids like if we're as, as, if we're with our kids we take our kids they're now they're just incorporated in our fun which I think was a good transition because since we weren't like the club goers and going out to you know night parties and things like that it wasn't a hard transition like oh man we got to stop this we got to find a babysitter because most of the things that we did do for fun even the game rooms um were, were pretty much kid friendly um so yeah that's 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 our friend. And the funny thing is the, the most fun I have with my husband, honestly, is when we're like sitting back watching a movie together. Like that is, is bliss to me. We just sitting down watching a movie or when we travel, I love traveling with him because he's so open to do anything, to go anywhere and um you know we got our little rv and it's just you know we see so much and he's so smart so he usually <laughs> he usually knows so much about everything especially when we're out um in nature he knows about all the trees and all the you know foraging and everything so yeah that's 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 our fun what about what about you so fun for me so we like to travel um, we will go out. We don't go out as much, but you know, we don't have kids. So if we want to go out, we do, you know, every once in a while, we really like to entertain, especially with family. So we had a lot of dinners. I love to cook. So we'll do that. We'll have game nights. We'll do, uh, couples like double dates, stuff like that. We love to eat. We love going to restaurants. Um, we just have a lot of fun together, honestly. Sometimes, like, I feel like you, too, just sitting on the couch, laid up, just watching a movie. You know, that's fun for us. We like to work out together. Like, we just, like, honestly, especially now since I moved to Charlotte, he's my best friend. He's the mm -hmm. main person that I hang out with all the time, you know? So mm -hmm. we have a great, great, great fun together. But I want to know more about, you know, your dynamics with the kids. How do you maintain your marriage with the kids? 
So um, this was, it, it kind of, since we both had children before we got married, again, I, I was able to see the way he um, parented. Um, and one thing that, again, I know people are like, I feel like you, like I got really lucky. I got really lucky. I got somebody who, you know, the, the, anything that he, you know, everybody has trauma, everybody has baggage, things like that. But what he had that was positive was really phenomenally positive. So I remember with my oldest, um, one thing I never saw him do, I never saw him hit his kids. He never hit his kids. You know, he might do a little pop on the hand or something like that, but he never whooped them. He never yelled. He might raise his voice a little bit, but he never yells. Um, I should say hardly ever yells. I don't want to say never, but hardly ever. And uh, I remember one time I was, um, my son did, my oldest son did something and I was getting ready to pop him in the mouth. And he looks at me and he said, don't, don't ever hit your child in the mouth like that. Don't do that. And it took me aback because I was like, wow, it, it was such a strong moment for me, you know, because it was such a, a masculine thing, you know, because honestly, a lot of the people I met, especially men, yeah, hit that mother, you know, pop him on his ass, you know, whoop his ass, doing all this. And he was like, don't, don't do that. That is, that's unnecessary. You know, talk to him, teach him what's right. You know, and I was, I was, that was another thing. I was like, wow, that is, it was very attractive, you know, because it was different and it was positive. Um, so either way, once we started having children, of course, he took more control over how to raise them. I follow his lead. You know, we homeschool our kids and our days are, we are a package deal. Our kids are with us everywhere we go. That's why I say our fun is now when we go somewhere, they are automatically just incorporated in everything we do. You know, when we, when we travel, when we go to the, if we do go to game rooms or anything like that, when we go to dinner, um, our kids are with us. You know, when we, we bowl, we do things like that. The kids are just, they're there with us. Um, we've learned to start meeting new friends with children because we want to start doing more hosting and things like that. And we're like, I uh, hope you got kids because this is going to be a, <laughs> a kid-friendly game night. Um, and there are people out there that are, that are like us. We thought that there wasn't, but there are people who, you know, their kids are with them all the time too. So um, the incorporation of the kids in our lives was really uh, a fairly easy transition. Um, especially, like I said, I got lucky. He changes diapers. He's, he's up at night, you know, feeding them. I don't have to ask for much, you know, if he sees it, he'll do it. And it's, it's again, it now <laughs> he is, like I said, he is more the, 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 disciplinary so they're always coming to me to ask questions <laughs> to ask for something because <laughs> they know I'm going to just be like yeah go ahead whatever even when they, and I have so that's one thing the only thing that we have to work on better is they will ask him for something he'll tell them no and then they'll come ask me and I say I'll say yes and he's like I just told him no I just and I'm like oh shit, I didn't know <laughs> so I have to <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever be this type of parent, but I was like, go ask your daddy, go ask your daddy. Cause you know, he's, he's definitely a little bit more strict, you know, especially with their diet. Um, so when they come and ask me for stuff, I'm like, go ask your daddy. Cause I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect him and what he's already said. Right. So, so I'm like, I, I don't know you gotta ask your daddy. As long as he's okay with it, then it's fine. And then they give me a look like, damn. I already asked him. <laughs> well, but it was it was a, it was a smooth transition. So, have you and your husband talked about you know if kids come, you know how's it going to be? And we have kind of. So we haven't just got all the way down to it, but I know for sure we're not spanking our kids at all. Um, mm -hmm. We've talked about me staying home with them when they're really really young, and maybe up until they're like school age, maybe and then I might you know, join the workforce again. And I'm kind of like a hippie. He kind of is too. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of like you, like my kid's just going to really just 
be living. I want to know what my kid thinks. I want my kid to be able to speak their mind. I don't want them to be scared. I, I always just want them to feel empowered, you know, and who they mm. are and just becoming who they are. Of course, I want to guide you along the way, but you know, I really just want my kid to just be comfortable. My kid's mental health will be my number one concern. You know what I mean? Mm. Are you happy? Are you healthy? Are you mm. learning? You know, I just want my kid to just be learning and just really just a free spirit, kind of like I am. So yeah. that that would be my my biggest hope. And I think um, I don't know which one would which one of us would be the disciplinary though. I really don't because mm. I feel like it would be me, but it might be him. I don't know because we're both yeah. like it will be our first kid because we don't have any kids right now. You know, mm. so it'll be our first kid. It'll be the only grandkid that his uh, his parents have here. So I feel like our kid's going to be super spoiled. And I don't know. I'm going to tell it no. I don't know. Like, it's going to be yeah. hard. So yeah, you'd be, I don't know. You'd actually be surprised um, how not spanking your kid is very beneficial. Like, when we take our kids places, people are so shocked at how well-behaved they are. And that's because we allow our kids at home to do pretty much whatever they want. Now, not to the point where, you know, they're knocking stuff over. We, we, we do, you know, incorporate some rules, but like they draw on the walls, you know, they play wherever they want in the house. I mean, if you give your children more free range at home, yeah. they're not going to act out in public. Um, yeah, people are always like, oh my gosh, you're so well behaved. I'm like, not at home. But that's how they should be. They should be comfortable and free at home. They shouldn't have to be so bottled up that when they do get out, they're acting out in public. So then you're punishing them at home and then you're punishing them in public. So I think that's, you know, very, I think that's great that you're not. I think it gives them them. more creativity too, you know? It does. And I'm a super creative person. So I want my child to just kind of be, be you, like express, like coloring on the walls and things like that. Especially if I own the house already. Have at it, especially if it's in your room. I don't know about all over all over the living room. But you know, I, I do want that sense of expression to be within my child. Like that's something big for me. Because, you know, I've I would I, w- I don't want to say I was a child that had that suppressed, but I remember getting my ass beat. And I remember how it made me felt to this day as a 36-year-old woman, you know. So yep. I don't want my kids having those traumatic ass um memories, you know, like it's yep. And I remember what I got my ass beat for. And I'm like, you whooped my ass to whelps and, you know, crying and hurt because I was running at the grocery store. Yep. I wanted to play. I'm six. You know what I'm saying? So I think back on that and I just don't need my kid having those type of memories, you know? Yep. That's not something I really want to do. But I feel like it's a good time for us to kind of speak on this Van Jones situation. Okay. So we're going to put our million opinions out there. Um, So Van Jones said in an article, after COVID lockdown, I got clear that I wanted another kid. I discovered that my friend Nomi also wanted a baby, Jones told a magazine in a statement. So we decided to join forces and become conscious co-parents. It's a concept that I hope more people will explore and consider. So this is kind of not new territory. Uh, Mm -hmm. Co-parenting has been a thing. And when I first heard this, the the first thing I thought was, so you want to be a baby daddy? Just say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is baby daddy, baby mama wrapped in a bow with a more socially acceptable title, conscious co-parents. I'm not with this at all. I just gave my little two cents. I have more to say, but I definitely want you to chime in. What do you think about this conscious co-parenting thing? I mean, I, I agree with you. It's a baby daddy, baby mama situation with a bow on it. Like like you said, it's conscious co-parenting is you just agree to be, it's instead of you being in a relationship with someone, you just skipped all that and you became their baby daddy and, and she's your baby mama. Um. <sighs> Do you think it changes anything, the fact that they're friends already? I always think about the child. Y'all can be friends. Y'all can be neighbors. Y'all cannot know each other. I, you have to take the child 
into consideration. Every action, every move, every word you speak, every thought that you have always affects the people around you. I, and maybe they did think about the child in the situation, like we're going to do this for the child together and we're going to do that for the child together. But if you guys are not in the home together 24-7, children pick up on that. Children pick up on that. Just because you're coming over every weekend or once a month and you're like, hey, I'm your daddy. We raising you together does not make it okay to me. I think that if you're going to have, you know, if you're going to consciously have a child with someone, then you need to marry them. That's it. I was going to say, or, but no, you, you need to, you need to, you, you need to be married, you know, because, and it, I don't want to say married in the sense of the legality of what the United States, you know, requires for you to be married. But if you guys have come to a, a union, you know, are in a union and know between each other that you are married, that's even good enough for me, you know, by, you know, other laws, if you're living together for more than, or excuse me, in some states, if you're living together for a certain amount of time, then you're considered uh, marriage by the time that you, you know, for the time that you've uh, lived with that person. I forgot what the term of phrase, what is. Um, court, Mary, uh, Common law. Common law. Yeah, you have common law marriage. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't think this conscious co-parenting is a real smart idea for the child's sake. Because let's say you want to, we're, get, we're getting into the, what we talked about before with Nick Cannon. What if you find somebody else and she's like, oh, well, I want you to father one of my children too. So then you have a conscious co-parent with someone else. So then you're split Baby between, daddy. yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> what it is. And it's like, dude, if you want to have another child, but you don't want to have a relationship, go back to your ex-wife. I read that little article and it's like, oh, he has an ex-wife with some other children. If you, you have children like you, and, and maybe they're older, go have more children with her. You know, if, if it is said in the article that they left on good terms, that they're raising their children together. If you want to have more children, why not have children with the woman that you already have children with? But, you know, I mean, to each their own. I don't want to judge you. Do what you want with your life. But people are, I don't think people are really thinking about how it's going to affect these children in the future. Right. You know, I, I think they have the best intentions. Don't get me wrong. I think their intentions are there, but the actions do not meet up with, the, you know, the, the intentions. I really want to know the rules of this conscious parenting, right? So mm -hmm. are you spending the night over there? Um, do you get the kid only on the weekend? Do y'all live yeah. across the street from each other? Yeah. And he's going back and forth. Like, because y'all are friends, what's the difference between this and a baby daddy baby mama situation i just yeah. don't understand it he kind of sounds like he's and these dudes who do this and have a wife and kids over here and now i'm getting my friend pregnant do you want to be a polygamist it's kind of it, going it, towards there but i feel like polygamy is even more organized than this because you kind of still have a real family you know because everyone's kind of in a community but this is like raising a kid over here you got some kids over here like I don't understand the concept of it. To me, it doesn't sound like it makes sense. Maybe if I knew mm -hmm. more about it or the rules to it, but being a conscious co-parent is not something that I would promote. I wouldn't say, hey, this is a great idea. We know through statistics that a two-parent home is best for a child. So it's like, mm -hmm. why do y'all keep creating this situation that's not the best? I don't get yeah. it when you don't even have to you know what yeah. i mean so and you went into this knowing let's have a kid we're not going to be together you're just my friend you want a kid i want a kid let's just i don't even know how this happened did did y'all sleep together did you know she just get ivf or some other type of you know what do they say the turkey baster met method yeah like yeah, yeah. how did this even happen and why would yeah. you be promoting this and saying like, you feel like more people will adopt this in the future? This is old shit. We've been doing this. This is baby mama, yeah. baby daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and, the only, and the only difference is between, you know, the, the differences between the baby mom, baby daddy and what they're doing is usually baby, baby mama, baby daddy got drama. 
there's usually some type of drama. So I think they're saying, oh, this is one step up where we don't have drama, but it's still not good for the child. And then also you have to think, what if she's dating someone? So now you have another man who's not the child's father. And again, every time you have a, an adult man or an adult woman and they're in the house with a child that's not theirs, it's not going to be the same. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not going to be the same for a, for a person to raise a child that is not biologically theirs. It's just a difference. Um, and the child can feel it too. You know, the child, so it's like they're not taking into consideration what they're doing because they're trying to come up, like you said, with some new age thing, but this has been happening forever. It, oh, what was that movie? There was a movie, um, was it Love Joan? No. Oh, I can't even think of the guy's name, the character's name. But he, so he, he was dating a woman and uh, he was dating a woman and the woman cheated on him with another woman. So later on, the two women wanted to have a kid. So they went to her ex, the guy, and was like, hey, we want you to be our child's father. At first he was pissed. He was like, what the, f you gonna come to me after you cheated on me with this woman and asked me to give you a baby? So she was like, we'll pay you will pay you so he was like he had just lost his job at some firm or something like that he was a, a financial something so he needed the money so he thought about it he was like fuck it you know i know this woman they used to have a relationship whatever so he got his ex pregnant who was now with this woman and that's sort of the same and this movie came out it's a spike lee joint i'm telling you look it up it's a spike it's a really good movie check it out <laughs> but anyway um so he did this and they paid him. Then all of a sudden, all these other women started flooding in and they wanted to pay this man to get them pregnant. And the concept with the first two women, I was okay because he really loved this woman. And I think deep down, he was doing it more out of love than out of, than for the money. Um, but what happens at the end is he it kind of gets out in the open and people were talking you know like what do you you got all these kids you ain't taking care of none of them and you got paid for it and you know whoop de whoop but in the at the very end he ends up in a polyg a polygynist relationship with the two women which i'm like cool now he got a whole bunch of other babies with all these other women <laughs> so you're still kind of in you know where all these other women don't have a male or maybe have another male, you know, think, um, another male role model in the home, but it should be the father. It should be you. Right. You know, so it's, yeah, you're right. It's nothing new. This has been happening and some women pay for it. I guess the difference is that they're friends and maybe she's not paying them for it, but it's, it's, it's nothing new. And I think that it it allows the man to kind of skirt the responsibilities, which I think is horrible because the child more than likely ends up with the mother. And, um, you know, he only has to be around when he either feels that he needs to be around or whatever, you know, contractual agreement they came up with. Like you said, maybe they talked about it. Oh, just come over for the holidays or whatever. Dude, you got to think about the kids. I do wonder though, if this will pick up because of the name, because you know how sometimes they take an old thing, put a new name on it, and then it becomes a trend or it becomes popular. And mm -hmm. with the shortage of men and with there being more women than men and with, you know, the things stacked up against certain women that want these certain type of men, will they be okay with things like this? And, right. you know, with a nice little bow on it. So it's not like, that's not my baby daddy. That is my conscious co-parent, you know? So I do wonder, is this a thing that could be a trend or be something that people are down for? I would not be down for it, but I just wonder. So yeah. <laughs> that's what oh, my I mind looked, is. I looked at that movie because I wanted, I want to be able to put that. It's called She Hate Me. The Ooh. movie is called She Hate Me. It's a Spike Lee joint. You should really check it out. Okay. Um... Like I said, it's not the same exact, it came out in 2004. It's not the same exact concept that they have, but it's not too dissimilar. The only difference is they were paying him for it instead of them coming to like, oh, we're friends and let's, you know, we want to have a baby. So 
and that's the thing. Not, there's nothing new under the sun. There's not like you said. This is not new. I hope. I hope this catches on. And more people do it. Please. In <laughs> doing this, he's like, yes, I pioneered this. I introduced <laughs> this. Me and my friend that we had a baby during the pandemic. What are you talking about? You're a baby daddy. <laughs> yeah. Ain't nothing new. Yeah. I, I. I don't. I'm not for it either. I'm not for it either. I think if you want to have, you know, children are a blessing. There they are a blessing and not everybody, you know, you, you just can't, I'm not gonna get, it, it's just not something to me to be taken lightly. If you're, if you're consciously thinking about having a child, you should have it with somebody that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. And I get things happen. I'm, I can't judge because I've been there, but again, I, when I speak for myself, I thought I was going to be with that person for the rest of my life. If you're going to have a child, you should consciously think you're going to be with that person for the rest of your life. Not, uh, well, we're friends and yeah. And I think people would move differently and choose different people if they had that thought going into it. Because there's a lot of kids out here that were born and it wasn't really the right circumstance, you know, because no, you weren't thinking, well, I really have to deal with this person. And people think 18 years, no, because- your kid's going to have life events that's going to require both of y'all to be there. So it's going to be more than 18 years. Graduation is not the end of your son's life events, you know? So, okay. With that being said, let's move on to our altar call. Today, our altar call is going to be dedicated to all of our viewers who are co-parents, baby mamas, baby daddies, everybody out there and to um are people who are really trying to maintain their marriage and you know Mm -hmm. i kind of want to wrap this up and just i think we talked a little bit about it but let's just end it with some good hard advice give me about three or four things you take you think it takes to maintain a marriage communication dedication so hard work, dedication, hard work, same thing. Sacrifice and the willingness to work together. Those are my big things. It definitely takes communication. And I want to add another little caveat in there. Communication, the honest, honest, trustworthy communication and the hard work and dedication, sacrifice and the willingness to work together. You have to work with your partner. So those are those are my four, three or four. <laughs> what about you (laughs) so honesty for sure you gotta be honest you gotta be upfront. that's a hard one sometimes especially if you're a feelings person like me and you don't want to hurt someone's feelings but you gotta be honest the next thing I would definitely say is commitment you Mm. gotta commit like when you say for life it's literally like till you die yes yes you gotta mean that you gotta want that The next thing I would say is security. Mm. I think you got to make your person feel secure because it's kind of like a brick wall, right? When you start putting holes in it, things can infiltrate it. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. you got to make sure that shit is secure because as soon as a woman gets insecurities, that's when the relationship starts going downhill because she's going to bring those up into the relationship. And to me, uh, insecurity in the relationship is it never ends well. You know, it's always, Mm -hmm. you know, picking away at it. So security. And another thing I'm going to say is just love and friendship. You know, Mm -hmm. be this person's friend. This person is on your same team. They got your back and love them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, don't hold back. Give it all away. This is the person Mm -hmm. that you chose and that chose you. Give it all away. And that's what I think is important to maintain a marriage. Oh, that was a good, that was a real good. Thank I didn't you. think about the love part. That's, that is very important. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, especially uh, loving them include and, and with love, that intimacy and um, being able to console them and comfort them, you know, all that is, is, is very important, more important than what I knew in the beginning and what I'm actually learning now my intimacy was and I don't mean sex you know there's a difference between sex and intimacy what I'm talking about is the comfort and consoling because as we talked about earlier men have feelings too they just don't show them the way we do so I'm always thinking he's okay he ain't saying nothing um 
comforting and consoling a man, you'd be surprised. Yes. Is and nurturing like, him. Yes. Yes. And, really pouring into your man because yes. usually if it's if he a good man, you're gonna get that shit right back. Right back. So it's yeah. like it's a it's not just like a it's a pour and a pour. I don't even know what you call it. It's it's a infinity stone or something. You know, it is, <laughs> it is so important and it feels it so good. Nothing's better than that yeah. feeling. And that's how you maintain a marriage in our opinion. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I want to thank you guys so much for coming, viewing, listening, giving a damn about what we have to say. Thank you so much. We love y'all. Feedback, feedback, feedback. I'm going to list our names up here. So hit us up. Um, we love y'all. <laughs> Same here. You guys have a good night. We'll catch you next time. That's right. And if you're not first, you're last. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>